Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to to be here with you. And uh, this morning, we are starting a, a brand new series called Living Exiled, Lessons from James. And this morning is going to be a bit of an intro overview of, of the book, as well as looking at some of what James has to say to us in chapter one. And one of my favorite things to do is to go for long walks in, in the woods. It's, I just love it. And in, in Kalamazoo, we have this great, beautiful place called the El Sabo Land Preserve. It's got tons of trails. It's beautiful. It is peaceful. And, and I, just, I just love going out there when, when I can to just to, to get away, to, to quiet myself and just turn my attention to the Lord or just enjoy the, the beauty of the land preserve. But I remember one of the first times that I was out there, I brought Amber and our youngest daughter Molly with us, and we uh, were kind of wandering around, and these trails crisscross and go all over the place, and I have this feeling that I have an excellent sense of direction. Uh, that, that has been challenged in various times, and this was, was one of them, and I was confident that even though we were taking a variety of trails and going this way and that, uh, I was confident that I was going to be able to, to lead us on a loop back to our car. And as the, uh, as the day went on, it was, you know, we were out there for a half hour and then 45 minutes and then closer to an hour and I was thinking, certainly we should be back to the car at, at this point. And we kept walking and, uh, and eventually we ran into this, this guy. He was on a bike. He was cruising through there. And we're like, hey, you know what? We're, we're trying to, to get back to the, 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 the parking lot where our car is. Are we headed in the right direction? And he's like, what? Absolutely not. You're, you're on your way to KVCC, which is the exact opposite way. And I was like, oh my goodness. And so we turned around and went the other way and eventually ran into him again as he's cycling around. And he's like, no, you got to turn this way a little bit and you're almost, you're almost there. And so eventually we found our way back to the car. And what I learned is that maybe I don't have an impeccable sense of direction and left to my own devices, I'm going to get us lost, right? And so we all need a guide, somebody that is going to, to help us get to where we're going. And that is what we have in the book of James. Uh, it is a guidebook. It's a, it's a map showing people how to follow the path of life, the path of Jesus. So as we get into uh, this, as we study the, the six chapters of the, the book of James, we want to first look at the historical context who wrote it? Who did it get written to? What was happening during that time? Because that historical context helps us to understand how to interpret this and how to understand it for us here in 2020. So as we do this, we of course ask who, what, where, why, and when. And so the author, as we see in chapter 1, verse 1, was James. He's the brother of, of Jesus. He's the leader of the Jerusalem Council, who we see in the book of Acts. James was a very big deal 
in the early church. And this was either a collection that he put together and sent out to the churches or a collection of letters of things that he wrote and said that were put together after he passed away and then circulated to the churches. And it's written to, and the, the ESV, it says, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. The 12 tribes in the dispersion, right? That's a little bit mysterious language for us in 2020. And the, the literal meaning would have been, these are Jewish descendants of Abraham who are living outside of Palestine, right? That have been, uh, because of persecution and troubles, have scattered, uh, and, but the metaphorical uh, understandings, what some scholars think this means, is that he's writing to Christians who are living on earth apart from their heavenly home. Right? And so each one of us, as Christ followers, is currently living on earth apart from our heavenly home. And so James is writing to us, telling us how to live well, how to live in the way of wisdom, on this side of eternity. And another interesting thing about James is it's one of the general epistles. Uh, so that means it wasn't written to any one specific person, but a, a group of, of people. Paul would write to the church in Corinth, or he would write to the church in Colossae. This letter was put together in order to be circulated to all the, the Jewish believers, the Christians living uh, all around the Mediterranean. Because what we see is that in, in the book of Acts, you can read this in Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 1, and eleven nineteen that the believers were under persecution and they fled from Jerusalem. And this, maybe you can see this map on, the, on your screen, maybe you can't, but this is the, the Mediterranean Sea, and right here is Jerusalem, and believers were scattered all around the, the Mediterranean area, right? And, and under, because of persecution, and, and maybe they were thinking, oh, this isn't fair, this is not what we want, we liked living in Jerusalem, but God uses this persecution to continue spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ across the entire globe. So these persecuted, spread out, exiled Christians are who this letter is written to. And we also want to pay attention that this uh, letter written by James uh, has a lot of characteristics of wisdom literature. Uh, many of us are probably familiar with Proverbs, right, that gives us uh, ways of interacting with real life. It's very practical, right? And so James is doing the same thing. He actually only mentions Jesus two times in the entire book, in chapter 1, verse 1, and then in chapter 2, verse 1. But what is amazing to me is that in this little book, uh, James uh, takes from the teachings of Jesus found in the New Testament, and especially from the book of, of Matthew, more than any other New Testament book, any other New Testament author. And so what we can learn from that is that James was very aware of the teachings of Jesus. Many people think that the, the book of James predates our written Gospels. So this means that James knew the teachings of Jesus. 
right? They were inside of him. And as he taught and as he led and as he helped people uh, grapple with how to live life as Christ followers, the teachings of Jesus that, that we see reflected in the four Gospels just come spilling out of him. He was so full of the understanding and the teachings of Jesus. And so, the, the, like I said, the, this is written to these persecuted churches, and I think that, that what James is asking, right, is what does uh, being a Christ follower look like as a scattered and persecuted people? Maybe he's answering the question, how do we live in light of this persecution? How do we live in light of the loss of our rights? How do we follow Jesus in the face of the, the loss of economic opportunity? How do we follow Jesus when we are dishonored in our community, when we are looked at with uh, having little value? Right? These are the real, you know, on-the-ground questions that people were wrestling with. And these are the same questions that we need to wrestle with today. Right? How do we live as Christ followers in Cass County in 2020? Right? How do we live as Christ followers in the United States in 2020? How do we live as Christ followers in the face of a global pandemic? And just like today, we see a bunch of different opinions about how we should respond to these different things, and it's no different in the first century. The Jews had different ways of trying to deal with the persecution of the Romans. There was one group of Jews who wanted to, to fight the Romans, right, in order to, to win their freedom. These guys were called the Zealots, and Jesus actually uh, had uh, Simon the Zealot was one of the twelve disciples. Right? They wanted to overthrow Rome through power. And in the year 66 uh, AD, which is probably four, five, six years after the book of James was written, the Zealots rose up against Rome. And we know that the Romans crushed them and destroyed the, the temple in 70 AD. And so the letter from James sees all of these different perspectives and tries to, to figure out what is the way to do it. And I think the, what James says is it's not through power, it's not through political revolt, but he calls these persecuted, these scattered Christians to recognize that this life is a vapor. And that we are all going to face trials and temptations from outside and from inside. Right? Outside like the Romans and the, the Pharisees who are trying to crush this little Jesus communities that were popping up. We're going to face trials from inside, right? our own sinful nature, our own evil desires. But James says, whoever is able to endure... Whoever is able to remain faithful in the way of Jesus will receive eternal life. And so what is the way of Jesus? Humility, self-sacrifice, being a non-anxious presence, a, 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 an unhurried presence in our communities. So how does James call his readers to respond to these 
these persecutions, this scattering, this, this living in exile, he says, count it all joy. Which is a crazy reaction, right? No, like that, uh, Jesus, what are you talking about? James, that's actually James, right? James, what are you talking about? Count it all joy, right? You know, I know family members who've died, right? I used to have a great home in Jerusalem, and now I'm on the the bottom rung of the social ladder over here, and you want me to count it all joy? Well, let's read this portion of Scripture, the first few verses here. James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So as we stand up, as we face these trials and temptations, both external and internal, James says these actually draw us closer to God. Through these trials, through these temptations, we actually step into maturity. We actually step into abundance and into the fullness of life. The scattered Christians that James is writing to would have felt like they'd lost everything. Homes and community. Jerusalem, which was so important to the the Jewish people. Because within Jerusalem, right, was the temple where they worshipped. They lost friends. They lost jobs. They lost opportunity. Like I said, they were the bottom of the, the social ladder. But James says, as you endure all these incredibly difficult, all these horrible things, you're going to find that you lack nothing. Right? He's not saying that these things don't matter. He's not saying, you know, you know, this is great, look for persecution, you know, run after it as fast as you can. But he's saying that whatever you find yourself in, consider it pure joy because there is a spiritual reality that you'll find that you lack nothing. You lost your job? Don't worry about it. You lost friends or loved ones? Don't worry about it. I guess it's probably not really true not to worry about it, right? That's crazy. But it's, it's not that that's unimportant, but it's, there's a bigger reality than this temporal uh, world that we live in. There is a spiritual, eternal hope that we are running after. And so, do we want to know how to endure? Do we want to know how to remain steadfast? Well, James wants to answer that question, and he says the way you do it is you follow the way of wisdom. You follow the way of Jesus, right? Humility, self-sacrifice, being a non-anxious presence in our world. Look at what he says in verse 4. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So for James, the way of wisdom is the way of Jesus. They are exactly the same thing. 
Right? And so in, in James's understanding of wisdom and in the Jewish understanding, it was often thought of as a, as a pathway. What path, what road are you going to follow? Are you going to follow the way of Jesus or are you going to follow the way of your own selfish desire? Look at this uh, way that he talks about, or uh, the, the Solomon talks, ah, oh, I didn't write it. I didn't write it down. This is Proverbs 2. This is Proverbs 2, verse 9. Uh, the, Solomon says, Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Right? So he's talking about drawing close to God. And when we do that, we're going to understand what is right and just. We're going to follow every good path. See? Road, pathway, journey, imagery. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Verse 12, wisdom will save you from the ways, from the paths of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perseverance or the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Right? And so we see all this pathway, journey, road imagery. And so James is asking, right, are you going to stay on the path of wisdom, which is the good path? Right? Stay off the ways of wicked, the dark ways, the, the crooked ways. Right? Stay on the straight and narrow way of Jesus. One of my... Uh, favorite poems that I learned in elementary school or middle school or something was that great poem by Robert Frost, right? That two rows diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. I wish I could read the whole poem, but I don't have time for that, right? But the, this, I love this imagery, right? That we stand at a crossroads, these two roads diverge in the yellow woods, and, and they look similar. They both look like they are going to bring us to where we want to go. But James says that we've got a choice, right? We can follow the path of wisdom, which is the path of, of Jesus, or we can follow the path of wickedness, the path of selfish desire. And we need to be careful, James warns us, not to be double-minded. To think that we can somehow stay on both paths at the, at the same time. Right? Trying to, to follow the, the path of Jesus as, and yet keep one foot on the path of our own desires. And so we ask, will you bend your knee to King Jesus? to follow the path that he is inviting you on, the path that he has led out on? Or are we going to continue to fight him for the throne of our life? James says, do not fall into temptation. Right? These temptations that come from within, they lure us off the path of life. We are lured by our own selfish desires, he says. And in verse 15, the des that desire, our own Evil desire is a, is a better translation there. Uh, ha, uh, the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. 
And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Right? This evil desire lives and lurks down in each one of our hearts. Right? It is within all of us. And it's this arrogant desire to achieve our ambition independently from God is how we understand that desire. Right? These, uh, this arrogant desire to achieve our ambition independently from God. Right? That is the wrong path to follow. Because when we give in to those things, when we follow that path, even though we think it's leading us to where we want to go, maybe we even think it is leading us to where God is uh, glorified, right? But when we try to do it on our own, those desires produce sin, and that produces death. Not just sin and death for us, but we're actually funnels or conduits of sin and death into the world. We actually see this played out in A.D. 66 with the Zealots, where they're trying to bring about God's kingdom, right? but they're trying to do it through military power. And they're crushed. James says, don't be deceived. And this word that we translate as deceived in the, the ESV means to be led astray or to wander. So more of this pathway imagery. Are you going to stay on the path of Jesus? Don't be tempted. Don't be led astray. Don't wander off the path. I don't know if you guys remember the the Lord of of the Rings, but as Gandalf sends the, the hobbits out onto their mission, he says to them, "What?" he says, hey, make sure you stay off the roads. But Merry and Pippin, uh, kind of foolish guys, right? They decide, oh, no problem. We can stay on, on the road. We're, we're still in the Shire. This is going to get us out of here quicker. Right? But what happens, because they, they stay on the path that Gandalf warned them not to, they run into the Nazgul, which is actually my favorite part of all the, the whole trilogy of the Lord of the Rings, when they're hiding under that, the roots and the, the Nazgul is hunched there and the spiders and the worms and the millipedes are kind of crawling out so good. It's this great imagery. It's like you think you can follow your own path and avoid the, the sin and the death and the corruption? Well, guess what? You can't. Follow the way of wisdom. And as we follow the way of wisdom, James ends our, our section today in, in chapter 1. He says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. He says, don't wander off, don't stray from the path thinking that you'll find your desire over there because as you stay on the path of Jesus, the way of humility, the way of self-sacrifice, the way of a lifestyle of unhurried non-anxiousness, right? it's in that place that you find every good and perfect thing. Right? That is where we want to stay. So which path are you going to follow? The way of wisdom, the way of Jesus, or the way of your own desire. So what do we do? So what do we do with this text that we just went through very, very quickly? And I encourage you guys, go ahead and and read through the the book of James. Maybe read through it a couple of times. I listened to it as I was going for a walk in my neighborhood. I think I walked for like a half hour and listened to it twice or something like that. It was great. 
So listen to the, the book uh, of James. But as we went through this first chapter very, very quickly, what are our takeaways? Right? What do we do? We don't want to just come away just knowing some more. Oh, cool, it was written to some persecuted Christians and whatever. Right? But we want this to actually inhabit us and so that the way of Jesus flows out of us. So first, we want to learn the way of Jesus. Right? We talked about how James, while he doesn't quote specifically from the Gospels, there are so many allusions, especially to the Gospel of Matthew. James knew Jesus. He knew the ways of Jesus. And when he talked, when he led, when he counseled people, right, th- those things are what came out of him. Right? And so we want to be the same way. We want to, when somebody asks us a question, we want to respond with Jesus' wisdom. Not looking for what's a scripture and verse that I can quote in this time, but just the, the way we live our life models itself after the way Jesus lived his life. Right? And as we live in the gospel for a while, we learn the, the rhythms and the attitudes and the, the, the ways of Jesus. So that's the first thing. Learn the way of Jesus. Second, are you lacking wisdom? Are you lacking not knowing which way to go? Jesus says, ask. And God is so happy to answer this prayer. The reality is that there are desires in us that we think are good. But perhaps... It's possible that we have wandered off the path. Perhaps we are living out of selfish desire and not the way of Jesus. So ask for wisdom. Be humble and listen to him. Journal his responses. You know, talk to a friend. This is what I feel like Jesus is saying, right? And ask for wisdom and he promises to fill you. And finally, we want to remember that every day, in every situation, we stand at a crossroads. And are you going to follow the way of Jesus or the way of your own selfish desire? Right? I, I started the message talking about how I got lost in El Sabo. Right? I thought I knew the way, but left to my own devices, I kept going on the wrong path. Right? Luckily, we have the Word of God. In this next few weeks, we're going to be studying the the book of James. And these are a guide to us to help us to stay on the right path. Let's not just assume it, but let's be cognizant that every moment we have a decision. Am I going to follow the way of Jesus? Or am I going to follow my own path? Awesome. Well, would you join with me in prayer? Father God, we love you. And Jesus, we thank you that you have shown us the way of wisdom. Lord, we thank you that that you have called us to live lives of humility, of self-sacrifice. Lives that, that bring justice and truth and life. And Lord, we just recognize that sometimes it is hard, Jesus. It is hard to to take your path. We want to take a shortcut. We want the easy way out sometimes, Lord, and we repent for that. Lord, we, we recognize that there is brokenness in us. There is sin in us. That we can be selfish and prideful. Lord, we repent. 
we receive your forgiveness. Wash us clean, Lord. And we pray that you would give each and every one of us wisdom to walk the path of Jesus, the way of life, so that we can step into maturity, that we can step into abundance, that we can find that we lack nothing as we receive your good and perfect gift and as we look forward to your eternal hope stored up for us in heaven. Jesus, we love you and we give you glory. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Next week we will be uh, continuing this series on the the book of James, so hopefully uh, you find it rich and rewarding. And thanks for being with us. If you have any prayer requests, you can send them to vprayer at newdaycommunity.org. Send them to me, mark, at newdaycommunity.org. And we will see you next week. Bless you guys.